Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome back. It's Hour 2 here of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on SportsGrid, recapping our top stories of the day. Joe, the NHL has put together a 2014 postseason as we expected them to. Some play-in games to see who gets the top four seeds, some play-in games at the bottom as well. And uh, unfortunately, late yesterday, Major League Baseball with yet more labor strife here with a proposal. Essentially, it's being reported by the USA Today and ESPN essentially saying that this proposal includes the top-end players, the higher-end salaried players taking pay cuts uh, for 2020, if indeed there is a season. That's what we've uh, led off with today. Uh, Did they give a threshold with that of where that would be, what the uh, demarcation is between the highest threshold, a certain dollar amount, perhaps, or something Uh, like that? No, and again, the reporting is being done by the really uh, good insiders at this point on, you know, sourcing, so they're not, I, I don't, I mean, maybe by the time the show ends, Joe, or even as we're doing the show, we could Mm -hmm. get that uh, information when it becomes more public. But remember, this is all, you know, strictly being rumored sourced sourced right now. So I was just curious, because if it is, you know, say over 20 million dollars a year, that's a that's a very large number. So just for whatever that is, I'm not saying they're not deserving of the contracts they sign. They absolutely are. That's why they signed them. But uh, it is interesting to know if indeed a, a number does come out or maybe that deal gets, you know, squashed altogether and it never even gets off the table. Who knows? We'll find out. Major League Baseball, it's never boring when it comes to negotiations with the labor union. No, and they basically have a few days to get this figured out or else just forget it, honestly. I'd rather them just cancel it and not have this, you know, the bickering back and forth and then then figuring it out well i mean i'd like them to i mean they've had a lot of time here to figure it out i feel like we've had nothing but time baseball is about deadlines they well, have i feel to like there's two unions in this country it's the teamsters and the major league baseball players union that's the two most powerful unions i would say in america do you think that's wrong or no probably so <laughs> and, and you could argue hard to argue at that. times Who's more? Who's, who's more? Uh, and the, uh, and, and, yeah, and the sports grid editors, those three. And the sports grid editors, phenomenal they're, union. They're, guy. they're like a band of brothers. Those they guys. are. The cigarette breaks, though. I mean, I'm worried about them. There's a lot of cigarette, cigarette breaks cigarette in that. Are there? Are there still cigarette breaks these days? No, it's not even vaping breaks anymore. They don't. They don't. I don't know what the breaks are. Like, I, I don't know. What, I'm curious what the guys do. You know, for break time. I don't know. It's funny time. because when I was editing my old TV show, you're right. The editors used to always smoke and take cigarette breaks. And oh, I everybody so took cigarettes. Because I was sitting there in the production and they're like, all right, time for a cigarette break. I'm like, oh, great. All right, what am I? And then I'd go out and they would expect me to go out there with them. Oh, and yeah. Just like, oh. oh, as an actor. Yeah, for, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're as right. an actor yeah. for almost two decades, I can tell you, everybody smoked pretty much but me. I like the occasional cigar, but I mean, every every actor pretty much is smoking. And they, again, it's like this whole thing and they're all out there smoking. You want to go hang out with your friends and you want to go talk about stuff going on. But you know, you're just out there and everyone's they smoking. They expect on. you to, to like spend the break with them. Yeah, absolutely. It's and outside. I'm like, Sometimes I'm it's like, cold. Can you just wrap it up already? You know? Yeah, can we go? Seriously, I'm with you, dude. There you go. Look at us coming together again. Like no more smoke breaks. All right, let's get back to work. Player props for 2020. Uh, when it's all said and done, Joe's favorite player in the history of the NFL will end up being Aaron Rodgers. There's no question. He's a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And last year, toward the end of the year, we started to see a little bit of regression from Rodgers. And so FanDuel, when they put out their passing yards numbers for him this season, certainly would indicate that there's going to be a little bit of a step back for Rodgers this season. But is that the case? Uh, I don't know. Because when you look back, Joe, at the last four years that Aaron Rodgers has played, uh, he has gone over that total three of the last four years, and two of them not particularly close. Of course, in 2017, as you see there, he only played seven games, and the Packers were a complete disaster the uh, the remainder of the season. I think he actually came back at the end, but he's, he wasn't the same. Uh, so, look, uh, this is probably a swan song for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, I suppose this could go down like Garoppolo, where he could come back, have a monster season. They could push Love back a year or two, maybe trade Jordan Love, who knows? But I, I don't think that that's the plan. I mean, I think the plan is is that this is it for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think two and more then, years. 
contractually that they're looking at. It makes sense for for him for Maybe. two. I, I I don't know, but this could be it. I mean, this very well could be it for him. You never know when it's it. No, it's true. Be it. Um, so he, there's only one way I think this is going to go. Uh, I'm sorry, two ways. Over or under. Two ways it can go. It could be over or under. I could flip a coin. Man, but the bottom line that's is, why I think he gets the big bucks, go, everybody. <laughs> I think he, this is going to go very well for him this year, and he is going to or kick the wheels fall off. What? No mediocre. Or, Okay. It's going to be the end. All right. That's, I don't that's think there's middle ground for Rodgers. Well, look, it's not that I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy. The problem is... I not stand Aaron Rodgers. It was call it whatever. Uh, no, but here's the thing. I get annoyed when people want to put Aaron Rodgers in the same category as Montana and Brady and Marino. and Because he's not that kind of guy. No, like, but so he's right there after. He is right I, there. I will name 10 quarterbacks off the top of my head that I would take over Aaron Rodgers to start a football team, and I will do it quite easily. That That is not a problem. I've done it before. I'll do it again on this show if we have to. You don't, you don't is, have to. I just is he going to – is he is he around 10? Yeah, absolutely. Is he in the top five? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. you got to win more than one Super Bowl. you got to get there more than once in order for me to think you're a top five all-time quarterback. You know, there's guys like Johnny Unitas – we got Montana, we've got Brady, we got all these guys. Well, that's a conversation for another time. And Elway and blah, 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 blah. I don't even know if he's the best Packer quarterback of all time. It might be Brett Favre when we go and digging through the numbers and everything. But this number seems low to me. I, I get it. I, I understand where some of the concern is coming, and I have concern. I look at the game log. Gone are the, oh, he's got six or seven 300-yard games. You know, gone are the Aaron Rodgers fantasy games where he wins you the week by himself. Maybe he's got one or two of those every year lately, but that's that's not what we're used to. And I think when I was writing up the the Aaron Rodgers Black Book profile for the quarterbacks this year, that was the big thing that stuck out. When you go through the game log and you peel through and you look and you say, man, there's just not a lot of these winning week games. And when you're looking at QB1s, that's what you want. You want to make an investment on a guy that can win. Even Josh Allen's that guy. Kyler Murray's that kind of guy. I think statistically speaking, Aaron Rodgers, not really. Aaron Rodgers is better off in a grouping where you compare him with another quarterback and kind of play the best situation and kind of just pick and choose week to week. However, I think 38.99 is low. I'm going to go over that number. I'd be very surprised I, if the wheels came off. I would. I just, Very surprised. I, I know you are. I know you are, but I, I'm, I have respect for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't want to anoint him as the greatest quarterback ever. And he's not one of the greatest. I mean, he's even though the guy's playing now, he's behind Breeze. He's behind Brady. Peyton Manning recently retired a few years ago. He's behind him. So that's three guys right there. Let's not even talk about Elway and Unitas he's in Montana. Breeze? Absolutely. Have you seen the really? stats of Drew Breeze? Do you know where Drew Breeze is all the time in passing yards and touchdowns and all these other numbers that Aaron Rodgers is never even going to sniff those numbers? I even come close to those stats. No, I almost said, bruh, I, but I didn't want to start a fight. I got really mad. I almost said, bruh, but I didn't want to do that. You know, I wouldn't have fought. I just, there's this Drew little Brees? red button. You I think Drew Brees is, computer you think that Aaron, <laughs> if you haven't hit that button by now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Rogers won uh, two Super Bowls or one? Just one. Yeah. Oh, it's close. I don't know. Very close for me. But anyway, regardless of that. So you're going to go under uh, pass for me. Pass, pass for you. That's fair. That's fair. That's the coward's way out. Way to go. <clears throat> <laughs> Wait till I make you actually have to make a bet. Yeah. Don't even go there. I'm just messing with you. I'm Don't messing with you. That was, we're going to make you put some money on these things. Uh, that year. was that was a beautiful reaction. Can we look at that face? Look at. Can we get a screenshot on social media of that face? It's that like the meme. You know, some days Craig pokes me. And then some days I poke Craig. I, I finally got a shot in there. Let's go I'm to the next passer. guy. Pass. I'm a quarterback. I'm a passer. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daniel Jones of the Giants. His number is 37.99 and a half. And uh, minus 112. Fandle's stuck on that minus 112 odds. And uh, last year he threw for 3,000 yards in 12 games. So, uh, I mean, man, if you just prorated this thing, he's going way over this total. But. You got to assume health. You got to assume he won't be benched. I, I think it's fair to assume all those. The alarm uh, also writes for the Black Book. He had a fantastic little nugget here in the Black Book coming out June 1st for football. He said uh, not one game last year did Daniel Jones play with all of his wide receivers, Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. Not one. So 
let's give him a couple of those games at least where he's got all of his weapons at once because that's a lot of guys there to choose from. I mean, Slayton had a really nice rookie year, I thought. Uh, Tate performed very well. Sterling Shepard, still a very useful wide receiver. Saquon, all-world. Evan Ingram, one of the better tight ends in the league. Let's give this kid a better offensive line. Let's give him all these weapons at least one time in his career, and let's see what the kid can do. I don't think he's a 4,000-yard guy yet, but I think 3,800 is certainly well within his reach. That's that's almost like a standard number in the NFL now. Like that's you know you've got to come close between 35 and you know 37 is really like that's the lower tier, man. Those are guys that are really not your like we're talking Gardner Minshew type quarterbacks where we're expecting those kind of numbers. I I think Daniel Jones is a, is a tad better than that. Now the thing about Jones is he's going to use his legs, so sometimes that might hurt these passing totals just a tad. But I would go over as well on this one. And I think I would like to uh, to finally see Daniel Jones play a full season healthy with at least most of his pieces healthy all year. Because that is something. I don't know if you knew that, that he didn't play the entire season without that entire group one time together. That's pretty staggering. Yeah, I mean, usually that's a big part of, of success. And so that's a good indicator, too. Um, the other thing is that there there is usually a pretty significant jump from a lot of quarterbacks from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. So I would think that that is a possibility there. Giants also not playing the best schedule in the world, um, a tougher schedule than they had the year before that. And I, and I don't think, as far as, as far as I know, there really isn't a guy that if Jones was struggling, I know that there are some teams that like to say to their quarterback, hey, let's take a step back. Let's just like have you watch for a week. We've seen that in the past, too. I don't feel like that will happen with Jones. I do like the receivers they have there. Uh, you know, getting healthy receivers is going to be certainly important. Getting Engram back is important. Barkley back is important. They just had a lot of issues on the offensive side of the football last year. So I would also lean toward the over. But again, on FanDuel or anywhere else, unless you think a number like this is going to jump by 200 yards, I'll wait right until the season starts. Because That's if Daniel enough. Jones decides tomorrow to go swimming in the, in the, in the pool and <laughs> oh, no, his toe, no and then all of a sudden... Now. What yeah, would be the point? What is the point? Is hanging out by the pool, hurting shoulders. Now, we don't want that. But, you know, when you think about these names, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about it. There's not a lot of teams in the league that have three quality wideouts, a really strong running back, and a strong tight end. How many teams can say that? Not a whole no, lot in the NFL. Not a lot. And I think not the Giants lot. can. And that O-line did get better in the draft. I think they did a good job there. So we'll see what happens. I think the Giants are going to surprise some people. Not a playoff team, but surprising. Well, seven wins would be a big surprise to a lot of people that'd be going over their win total over at FanDuel, by the way. If you're going to make a bet, make sure you go ahead and do it there. All right, we'll be right back with some more player props in the NFL. Next, we hit on a couple of running backs, one that led the league in rushing and another that's just been super consistent. I think you know the names. If not, we'll give them to you next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. We took a look at quarterbacks in our previous segment. And every single day during the week, we're taking an early look at the props for players at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So make sure you go ahead and check those out. As soon as we get sports back, probably no need to do this. But for the time being, since this is what we got, we're giving it to you. We've been looking at quarterbacks and running backs all week long and last week as well. And today we're going to go over to a couple of guys who really do it on the ground in terms of rushing. And, and again, they do catch the ball out of the backfield, but... We had some of that focus, I think, on yesterday's show, one of them especially being Christian McCaffrey. But today, Joe, we're going to focus in on a couple of running backs who are going to, in order for them basically to hit their total on the season, a lot of it is going to have to come running the football and not through the air. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the case. And uh, I know there were some guys last year that hit around this 1,500 mark and Derrick Henry being one of them. But uh, that is a tough number to reach in back-to-back -back seasons, and history will tell you that in these last couple of years in the NFL, also because the NFL is just very different. And one of the major points, too, is that this offense in Tennessee, when we talk about Derrick Henry, is a little different to start the year, potentially, than they were where they started the year in 2019. So that's something to take into uh, account as well when you're trying to evaluate these numbers. 
Well, I really think that for Derrick Henry in particular, I think it's a little bit different, and I'll explain to you why. Um, mm-hmm. Henry did not get the same sort of usage that running backs of his pedigree had to this point. 2017, 2018, it was almost like they found him by accident. Now, mm-hmm. I know he was drafted very high, and he was a stud at Alabama, make no mistake about it, but they didn't really use him in the right way, and he doesn't really have the volume that some of the other running backs have. Now, last year, 2019, no mistake about it, let's put a big circle on the 2019 season and then make no mistake about it, if you're in a dynasty league in fantasy football, if you're coveting guys like Derrick Henry, you're making a huge mistake. I'd rather have Edwards Hilaire for the next five years than Derrick Henry because inevitably it happens. It happens to Mm. almost all of them. We talk about these running backs here on the show. We name 10 eight are out of the league after three years. Well, even what you said, I want to say yesterday, the day before, uh, here on FST, you made a great point, which is how many guys were in the first round year over year the last couple of years at running back? And I said, Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> Saquon Barkley were the two, and Christian McCaffrey after that, right? You don't know. I mean, it, it fluctuates so much year to year who those guys are and where they end up. And it's uh, it's just the truth. It's where this league is. It's part of the specialization of running back. It's also part of the fact it's a passing league. So uh, these guys get in there, they get burned out, and they move on to the next one. And that's why you see a lot of these running backs now who used to get drafted in the first round or early first round sometimes make it to the second or even third round. And they end up having good careers, but like you said, usually typically very short. And in terms of investments and fantasy long-term, it's always better. And these dynasty drafts, you know, people all the time say, oh no, I want to go right out for the Taylors of the world. Like, why would you want to take Taylor number one where you could take Joe Burrow and own him potentially for the next seven, eight years About and 20. have good football? <laughs> or 20 or well, I mean, I'm trying to like, just be realistic somewhere in the it, middle. It, it also depends on the league and the format yeah. of Superflex and it all that. It does and it let, doesn't. Let, you know what? We've, we've gone astray. We've gone but astray. But having a great quarterback, you can lock that in, and then you can spend capital other places every it, year. It is in a Superflex, but if you're not starting two quarterbacks and it's a 12 or 14 team league in a dynasty, you're still going to go down the road of a running back or receiver. You're going to do it. I mean, that's just it's just a fact, I think. But, is, and and I, I finish last in this league change every change year, so don't listen to me. Yeah. All right, listen. And, I, and I'm 2000, a Superflex champion. I just want to point that well, out. I know, but I'm not in a Superflex. All right, 2020 <laughs> uh, player props for Derrick Henry. 1509 is his total. Uh, minus 112, uh, under 1509. Last year, his yards were 1746. The year before, 1158. Joe, the only reason in 2018 the yards were 1158 is because he wasn't being used. Uh, he will be a, a hot topic. I'm seeing the hot takes already in fantasy. It's like, Look at me, I'm picking Henry not to be good this year. Like that, or look at me, I'm picking him to be the best this year. Like, I, I mean, that's it, it feels like that's the direction that we're headed with Henry. You're either going to go all in or you're going to go all out. I don't know why it has to be like that on any particular player, but if, if that's really what you feel, then fine, then go with it. But if you don't, you're just looking for a hot take, trust me, find something else. This is not the guy to have a hot take on. No, uh, I'm going to go over on Derrick Henry. I'm sold on what I saw last year from him. Uh, again, the, the key for me with running backs in the NFL, it is the usage. That's it. That's all it is. A guy can last in the league three or four years, and then I'm just betting against him every single time. Who would I have been wrong on? Adrian Peterson. Who would I have been right on? Everybody else. <laughs> oh, fair in the last ten years. That's basically it. We're about to we're about to have another guy, another anomaly, which will be the guy that we're about to talk about next in Ezekiel Elliott. Outside of that, it is a downhill spiral from about year three on. Joe, is there a downhill spiral coming for Henry this year? Well, the thing with Ezekiel Elliott, too, just real quick, is this is a guy who was drafted in the first round as a rookie. The Black Book, he was in the first round as a rookie. Saquon Barkley was. There are certain guys that are transcendent. I'm worried that people are trying to make Clyde Edwards a layer that guy because of the circumstance, and that's the wrong thing. And you could already see that groundswell where it's going from, oh, he could be a really good third, fourth round value to, oh my God, I have to take him in the second round. No, thank you. Pass. I'm going to hit the button. Go to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry for me is, and I not a hot take guy. I told you last year in bold predictions, we did it together on the show together. I put it there right there for everybody here. He was my pick to lead the league in rushing. 2020, Derrick Henry. Henry. 2020, he's going to lead the league in rushing again. Okay, there you go. Right. Okay, and it's not a hot take. It's because of, I'm not like you said, it, I'm not saying that's a hot take. Listen, if you if you genuinely no. feel that way, then that's I do. fine. But I, I genuinely feel, felt I the feel last like year. I'm watching. I, I feel like, with all due respect, I feel like I'm watching the community <laughs> on this particular player go one way or the other. You're and right. No middle ground. But here, there's here's always the, middle ground. Well, I'm going to give you the middle ground. Ready? Here you go. 
I think he's going to lead the league in rushing again, but I think 1,500 is a huge number. I think we're going to dial that back just a little bit. I think maybe somewhere in the 1,350 or 1,400 range. Is that enough range. to lead the league in rushing? I think it will this year because I don't see outside of potentially Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey is not going to get most of those yards rushing. Um, when I'm looking at people like Dalvin Cook, there's potential holdouts for Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. There's also guys like Madison where there's well, that may be a guys, better bet is to take him. Uh, what I'm to saying do is, that at the what I'm saying but... is, you look at Nick Chubb, who was second in rushing last year. Now he's got Kareem Hunt there for an entire season, not Week Ten, but the entire season. So I don't think the threshold number is going to be as high. I don't think it needs to hit to 1500 to win. I think you can hit that 1400 range and win this still. And I don't think that's a hot take. I think this is the in the middle you're searching for where I'm still in on there. Derrick Henry yards are yards. Is he a PPR guy? No. Is he going to have 1500 yards when all said and done and maybe 1800 or 1700 all purpose? Yes. So who cares how he gets them? Yeah. You might miss a couple points, but you know what? He's going to make up those PPR points in the amount of touchdowns he scores because he scores a ton of touchdowns too. Last time I checked. So take the yards, take the touches, take the touchdowns, take Derrick Henry and stop everybody whining and crying about how Derrick Henry's no good and take him in PPR. I'm sick and tired of hearing this. I would rather have Derrick Henry next year than Nick Chubb. And I know that might surprise a lot of people, but I know exactly what Derrick Henry's workload is going to be. I do not know what Nick Chubbs is. And I do know one thing, the trend last year when Kareem Hunt showed up is the target volume went from six or seven targets a game to for Nick Chubb down to two or three. That is a huge swing. And that's not without him having a whole training camp and everybody all together. So for me, Derrick Henry, lead the league in rushing again, 1509, I think is a high number. I'm going to go under. Okay, that's see in the middle. I, I gave you I what you asked. Know, I don't know that that's possible. What you just proposed, but I mean that that if that prediction comes true, then I will I will give you monster credit if this guy leads the league in rushing and it doesn't end up being fifteen hundred because I don't think that's possible. But well, look, I won't there's only two guys rule, that got rule it out. Who were the two guys last year that got fifteen hundred? I don't know. You tell me. Two: Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. That's it. Two rushing fifteen. That's it. Everybody what about else the year was up for that. I don't care about the year. I'm talking about last year. I'm talking about the trend right now. Who are the no, other guys? It's not Alvin Kamara. That's, who's that's the other a guy? Weak, that's a weak argument on your part. You well, who's know. the other? Don't, don't I'll, do that. We'll go back. We'll go back. You want me to go back? I'll you pull give up. Give me like a three-year average, man. You know, sure. I'll tell you One what. Year? Give me, you give me time on the break. I'll come back with a three-year average. But at least last year, the trend is going in that direction. And give me the other names of the running backs. Alvin Kamara, great running back. Is he going to hit rush for 1,500 yards? Of course he's not. Christian McCaffrey, all world. Is he going to rush for 1,500 yards? No. The only guy that could so. possibly make know. a run at 15 here is Ezekiel Elliott. But with the way the Cowboys Listen, are If Dalvin Cook plays 16 games, that dude's going over 1,500, and you know that, too. <sighs> I understand that, I'm but I'm telling you right I'm now, it's the you last year. It, it's not a, it, listen, none of this is a black-and-white conversation. It's opinion, not fact. You're, you're, you've given your opinion. You've illustrated it. Let's move on to Ezekiel Elliott, 2020. His total is 1734 predominantly. This Again, this is total yards uh, here. Remember that. Keep that in mind. Total yards for uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, minus 112 is, are the odds on everything else. 1734. Two years ago, he had 500 yards receiving. So his total was uh, over 1,000 uh, 2000 in 2018. And then last year, he came back down to 1777. So... Uh, this probably would be the last year I would take Ezekiel Elliott, and I would not care what would happen the following year. I just wouldn't do it, and that's a that's a blind spot of mine. It's a fault of mine. It's a Nelson Cruz, David Ortiz of mine. It's just I'm not going to be the guy that's taking the old guy, or I'm not going to take the guy on the way down. I don't want to take that chance. Um, but it's 2020 we're talking about. I don't have any reservations about Zeke this year because I still think he's in that window of success, but I think it's coming to an end. Uh, I would stay away from this number because I just think it's spot on. So why would you want to lose by a yard either way? It just doesn't make much sense to me in terms of a good wager um, because I think it's right in the wheelhouse. And I, I will say this, too. His emergence in the passing game the last few years has been really something I think some of us would think is unexpected in the fantasy community. I think it's a great job by him. There's just a lot of mouths you could feed over there in Dallas. And I think that's what makes it a little bit tougher. Um, he's going to be right around there. So I'm going to pass on that one. And I will get you your list of annual rushing leaders when we come back and, and play that out. But at least, like I said, I'm trying to think Dalvin cook, you can try to make that argument, but you just had a healthy Dalvin cook and let me know when you see I, that I for think, 16 I games. Think, Cause I've I never think seen your, it. I, I, and, and again, and not I'm talking about the running show. back. I think your now. blind spot mm -hmm. in general is, okay. is, uh, 
what what about what am I searching for? Your your blind spot is ruling out the unpredictable, which is what sports is all about. See, there I'm not is a out the unpredictable. there I'm, is a chance yeah. that Melvin Gordon rushes for twenty five hundred yards this year. We don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, you laugh. We don't know. <laughs> Things happen in sports. They just, it's just do. It's not that kind of league anymore. It's such a pass heavy league. I I, the I agree. Of guys with rushing you, for two thousand yards. To say that. things are black and white is impossible. They're not Things black and happen. white. They're not black and white. What I'm saying is the era we're in is very, very black and white. We know the era we're living in. Number one, guys don't get 25 touches a game, 25 carries a game. That rarely happens. Number two, you're talking about who are the best guys in the NFL. The best guys, the guys like Alvin Kamara, also catch the ball. They're not really just rushing all the time. Same thing with CMC. Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott are the two guys who can challenge him the most for that title, but... I think you also look, and there's a whole lot of other options. Derrick Henry is the best option. He might be the only option when all is said and I done on that Cook team. I think he's a phenomenal option, too. I, I, I think he's a phenomenal talent. Th there's no denying that. Because well, it's true, of course. But if he doesn't, <laughs> but if he doesn't, will we look back on this conversation and say, well, that was the one year he, he didn't get hurt. He'll probably get hurt three more times after that. But well, I have again. your numbers when we come back from break. Okay. So like we'll be right back with running back numbers as well as uh, Nick Pollock will join us on the show. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we get potentially ready for the 2020 fantasy baseball season, we're joined by Nick Pollock. And Nick, of course, has a big event coming up this weekend. Pitcher List, of course, is how you can follow them on Twitter. They do a great job breaking down pitchers, breaking down fantasy. And it'll be a lot of fun to have this discussion about the event and also the upcoming season as we get closer, I believe, to it. Nick, thanks for coming on Fantasy Sports Today. What's going on? What is happening? Thanks so much for having me here today. All right, uh, Nick, so before we get to uh, PitchCon coming up this weekend, I know I'll be participating in that. I know it's uh, it's certainly going to get a lot of great minds in the fantasy baseball industry together. But before we get everyone together, we got to take a little bit of a look back here. The last mm -hmm. few months for you, what has it been like not having fantasy, not having baseball? Has it been easy? Has it been difficult? What have you been doing with all of this time? Yeah, this is this is really weird. <laughs> um, yep. I mean, we, we've been doing a lot of things in the back end of Pitcher Like, we have a lot of things that we wanted to do for our next iteration next season that we've done, done a lot of focus on. But, uh, I mean, I've watched some KBO. I've been playing MLB The Show a bit. Uh, I've been trying to – well, I've been making a dent into, like, my dream article, which is, like, a 30,000-word article talking about everything I look at when I study a pitcher on the hill. Uh, but I mean, it's been weird. It's been so weird, Craig. When will it stop? I mean, hopefully soon. I mean, I'm hopeful that this week that we have some sort of resolution and um, and we have something. But I, I think right. the interesting part for me, Nick, is just asking different people who play fantasy and who follow the game how they're going to be approaching potentially this half season. I know that you and I chatted briefly about some of the topics to discuss, but inevitably, I think that a lot potentially will end up changing uh, how we view things, how we view pitchers with the what looks like is the designated hitter for the entire league. Mm -hmm. uh, I, mean, I mean, there's so much to really unpack. Has it changed your view? Has it made pitchers better, worse? Yeah, as, definitely. As it's, it's obviously not a catch-all here. There are certain guys that get elevated, some that might get pushed down a little bit. I mean, I will say this. There's a lot more affecting pitchers here than I think hitters. Hitters, for the most part, unless we're really changing the fields a ton, it's kind of, all right, take what we had for 162 games and have it. Um, I understand maybe there are some slight elements when it comes to injuries there, but for the most part, we can kind of do that. Uh, with pitchers, though, you have guys with innings limits, for example, 
So you have like Luke Weaver, who we didn't really expect to go maybe a full eight, 180 or 200. Now he becomes really interesting in a shortened season. Same, of course, with Julio Urias and Jesus Luzardo. And you can make a case also Brandon Woodruff being in there after pitching under 130 innings last season. So there are a lot of these pitchers that all of a sudden say, wait, I thought there were going to be massive headaches for me. I used to call them hipsters. That is headache-inducing pitchers that stifled the entire roster just because you didn't know when you'd get those effective innings from them. And now, well, 81 games or so, half a season, maybe then we actually get them for essentially a full season then and they can be really productive for your squads. There's another pitcher there that's Shohei Otani that we were really expecting a ton of innings from this year. Now, I mean, I, I think a lot of people forget, like he was a top 25 starter. 30% strikeout rate, yeah. fantastic ERA and whip. And I'm so excited to watch Shohei Otani just be there through the full year with other pitchers as well. So he certainly gets a much bigger push, even if he's a, a two-way player or one-way, doesn't matter, or two different players, I should say. Uh, he's still going to benefit your team, I think, more so than we were planning back in March. Um, but there's so many other things, too. There's veteran pitchers that actually uh, we maybe put a um, – a price on them, a heavy weight, because they had a ton of innings and we're going to get that volume. Well, now they're not necessarily going to get that volume, but there are certain ones, I'd say like Zach Greinke, that you might want to push down, but maybe not because he actually is a high IPS guy that is innings for start. So instead sure. of going five yeah. and change, he's, he could easily go seven in a given night and still be on the Astros, which are going to be a winning ball club, much to the chagrin of most of the major league fans. Uh, so, so there's some discussion to be had there. Um, and obviously with injuries, I don't actually know where I side yet on this. Like you could make two arguments. One that those that are injury prone, well, there's less time for them to get injured. So we should be in on them then. Or there's the other argument that if they do get injured, they're missing a more significant chunk of the season. And maybe you don't want to risk any sort of problem there. I mean, James Paxson is likely still going to miss games, even though he has a healthy back now, half of a season, he's probably going to get hurt at some time. Well, Charlie Morin will, his injuries were at the end of the season normally, and I still think that he can go a full season of three months and actually stay healthy. So there are a lot of moving parts here, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just really fun to talk about pitching again. And I, I pray that we like in a week, just in a week, that sounds so good that we can actually have <laughs> right. something down where we can say, cool, this is what it is. This is likely what it means. That would be so great. Yeah, it, it would, and, and hopefully that's the case. But I, I think the question becomes, Nick, is that um, you and Alex and everyone have been involved in a lot of fantasy drafts to this point. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that they hold true? Do you think that you should be holding your fantasy teams? Do you think that commissioners should step in and and basically redo all of our drafts? Where are you at on that? That's a great question. Uh, I would say it has to be a league vote. I mean, I personally would redraft all of these because it's just not the same game. We drafted with so much uncertainty without knowing, you know, what was going to happen. And I feel that we would all want a new season. We understand now the terms of the agreement. And to I would say do a redraft personally. I understand those that really think like, no, we put in our time and effort on this and this is how it goes and things change. And you don't uh, you don't get the opportunity to change it based on things we didn't know about. So that's fair. I would say, Commissioner, make a league vote and see how your league feels. Yeah. And for me, I think that that's crucial because, Nick, you know, so many things are just completely irrelevant uh, from what yeah. happened early on in the season. And, and injuries are always going to happen. And like Syndergaard is not a good example of that because, right. you know, clearly that's going to happen over the course of a season. But just all of the players that were hurt that are now healthy and the fact that there's a DH involved, I think that there are so many yeah. things to unpack. I, I hope that uh, there's a possibility that most commissioners will look at it and think it is a good idea to redraft because I certainly am an advocate of that. I don't I don't think that anybody should have to hang on to a team they drafted in February or March when Definitely. essentially a season doesn't start until June. Um, so let's talk about PitchCon coming up this weekend. A lot of people are probably learning about this for the first time watching this right now. How did you come up with the idea? How did you guys put this all together? I know I'll be participating in a conference this weekend, but let's talk about how it happened and the genesis of it. First of all, I can't wait for your presentation. That's such a fantastic I hope, uh, perspective I, I hope I have a good presentation. Oh, no. <laughs> no, the second that you suggested it to me, um, giving that perspective of saying, hey, I'm a you know MLB insider, but I also talk about fantasy in that translation. I think that's yeah, so fascinating. I'm the only one that does that. So. Right. So I, I was so excited to hear that, A, you want to be a part of it, and then, B, we're going to give that kind of presentation. Um, but, yeah, so PitchCon, uh, essentially, I mean, we're all at home, and I knew so many people in the industry that were just kind of – 
they were starving to do something, but didn't know how to do it because you can't really just write another basic article about something. Right. And uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly someone that loves the tech world. I was a computer science minor and stuff. I'm very hyper aware of Twitch and just uh, how live streaming is very much the direction we're going. And why not? Why not just gather everybody? We would want to be at a conference anyway. We all wanted to do Tat Wars, and I think that was the correct decision not to hold Tat Wars. Of course, it was, I mean, in New York City, the epicenter of this going on. Yes. Um, past, uh, yeah, right, past uh, May, uh, March 11th and all. And uh, so we were, we're all kind of dying for us all to hang out, you know, to have this kind of event. And nothing was there. And it just, I was originally actually thinking I was going to do like a 24-hour like telethon because I thought that would be really fun. And then I realized, oh, wait, let's just make it a four-day conference. And so eventually it turned into this um, 40 hours uh, from Thursday, May 28th to May 31st, Thursday through Sunday. It's 10 hours a day from 10, 12 in the afternoon to 10 at night uh, Eastern time. Um, it's going to be available on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pitcherlist. You can follow me on Twitter at pitcherlist, and we'll be hosting it via Periscope there as well. Uh, and then I, uh, so it's going to be our one hour presentations each. Um, I'm so excited about this. It's completely free to watch. Uh, and it, it, you could, we'll be doing, um, sorry, we'll also be fundraising for Feeding America. 50% of everything that we raise will go to that. And of course, there are prizes too. Um, there are a lot of people that were super generous inside the industry. Uh, we have a list, I think, of about 40 prizes that we're giving away. And it's not tied to contributing. If you want, if you want to contribute, that's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, but if you just want to be there to watch a free conference and get some prizes, hopefully that's great too. So we have a whole list of those. Um, they range from PL merch to, uh, subscriptions at, uh, baseball HQ and Rotowire and Rasball and all these fantastic places. People draft teams with you. It's a really, really fun event. So many smart people. Um, we have pitching Ninja and Eno Saris and I doing a presentation, which I feel really guilty, but I'm like, you know what? I'm running the presentation. I'm going to be on that panel. Uh, we have John Boy Media coming. We have Jason Benetti of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I'm going to sit down with him and talk like talk about uh, what it's like being inside the booth and his whole story, which is incredible. Uh, it's just so many smart people in the industry. It it blows my mind uh, that we're doing this thing. So we're really excited about it. Thursday, May 28th at noon Eastern time is when it starts, and I just I really can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, I, and I and I think that the timing may actually be perfect. Because hmm. if we, I, mean, I think honestly, one way or the other, the timing is going to be perfect. On the positive side, if by Thursday or Friday we get some sort of resolution as to what is going to happen, it does open up a very big door for us to run through right. and start what I think is a brand new conversation about the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Uh, conversely, if the season is over, <laughs> it gives us that opportunity, I think, to vent for mm -hmm. a few days and I, I do feel Nick that there will be a season I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna play the negative side of this but we do have to at least explore that possibility that these sides cannot get this thing worked out from either a medical perspective or a money perspective that does exist that possibility right, does definitely. exist. so um, hopefully that ends up happening um, all right, so real quick before you go, uh, Nick, tell people um, about Pitcher List real quick. Uh, we got about two minutes to go and how people can follow you on social media and get a little bit of a leg up as far as fantasy pitchers in 2020. Sure. So Pitcher List uh, is a site with everything you'd want, baseball, a pitcher gift database. So you can actually see every single pitcher. We have a whole podcast network. We've been doing a thing uh, interviewing pitchers recently uh, with Dan Straley, Luke Weaver, Caleb Smith, Pablo Lopez, Matthew Boyd, just to name a few. So definitely uh, search for that on Google and take a listen. But yeah, during the season, we have uh, recaps of every single day, go over every single pitcher for the night before and how that should affect your fantasy teams, uh, batter's box as well for hitters, every kind of content you'd want for fantasy baseball, it is there. But give us a follow at uh, PitcherList on Twitter, at PitcherList as well on Instagram. And I look forward to seeing you guys there at PitchCon this weekend. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks again. All right, Nick Pollock with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, PitchCon is this weekend. It is uh, a nice event. I'm honored to be asked to be a part of it. My presentation, if you can call it that, my conversation is probably more uh, along the lines of doing this show and bringing the game of fantasy with a twinge, of course, of reality, of being able to report some of the things that are happening inside the game and having that discussion, of course, follow at PitcherList uh, for Nick and Alex and all the great people that are over there 
doing the job that they do covering fantasy baseball and especially from a pitching perspective. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just a couple of minutes. Joe Pizapia will join us back here on the show as we dive more into the topics of the day. Lots of news to cover. NHL is back and lots of other things happening as well. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Have no fear. Joe and I will be right back here on Sports Grid tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And uh, before we had Nick on the show, uh, for those of you who just tuned in, go back and watch On Demand. You can see Joe and I were talking about the running back position and rushing yards and the the way the league is trending. And um, Joe is just so excited to provide uh, this information (laughs) so we can take a look at this data because nobody loves being right more than Joe Pizapia in this world. It doesn't happen very ever, according to Craig Mish. So So, if it never happens, I got to once in a while be right. So let's – so so – before we'll we do it, you're, too, you're so excited to say it. People have no idea what they're what they're about to see unless they tell them. You want to set it? You so, set the. So thing. I'll start. So basically, what we're looking at here is uh, Derrick Henry's total amount of uh, of yards. Total amount of yards. Okay, fifteen hundred. Right, fifteen hundred yards. Not total was, amount of yards. Rushing yards. Right, but 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 for what we were discussing on Fanduel was the total amount of yards rushing and receiving for for. Oh, Derrick I thought Henry. we were just oh then then we have to hold the phone. I thought that was his rushing total. You presented it is, but for the sake of argument, let's no, but but let's continue. Let's say for but his all purpose argument, numbers are different because you're going to talk uh, about honestly. Uh, Derrick Henry only rushes for 100 or 200 yards a year. So you mean uh, so let's just say for the, only 100 or 200 yards a year. So for the sake of argument, you mean uh, receive, uh, right? Correct. I just want to make sure I'm following you. You mean receives? You just said rushing only 100 and 200 yards. You mean to say receives? Oh, oh yeah, only only a couple hundred receiving. I'm trying to set everybody properly of where everyone's coming from before we right. get, so all, on before get off. Right. Of- so what they're doing is they're not just giving you the straight rushing total. They're giving you both. They're giving you. Um, if the, you're giving the me all purpose, you're giving me all, all purpose. Derek Henry problem. yards. I will that's, take the over on the 1500. You presented it to me in that segment as the rushing total. Now, as the rushing total, I have a very strong opinion about the rushing number. I think 15 is going to be very hard for him to get two years in a row, but I think he's still going to lead the league in rushing, and that was my middle ground. You said everybody's either blowing up Derrick Henry's the greatest thing ever or Derrick Henry's the worst thing ever, and I'm not. I'm saying he's very, very good, but I think 1,500 is a lot of rushing yards. All-purpose yards, I think he's going to be around 1,400, so you add in the extra 200 receiving yards, which is probably what he's going to have, and he's going to be well over that, and that's an easy one. So just for clarification on my side, I want everybody to know where I stand on that too. So where do you stand on rushing versus all-purpose yards of Derrick Henry? Someone is going to rush for 1,500 yards next year. That's that. That would be my guess. Now maybe the data will prove me wrong. So let's. So give me the data that shows me over the last. Okay. Well, the the data in the in the discussion was. You have to reach somewhere around 1,500 or 1,500 or more in order to hit that league leadering in Russia. Okay. So let's go over the last five years because I think that's a really good trend. When you go back more than five, you're getting a little crazy here. But five, I think, is solid. And you have some that are on your side, but some are on mine. 2015, Adrian Peterson led the league in Russia with 1,485, under 1,500. The next okay. year, Ezekiel Elliott, 1,631. Awesome, incredible year, over that number. The next year, Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing with just 1327 okay. the next year Ezekiel Elliott again led the league in rushing under 1500 yards 1435 last year Derek Henry just made it through 1540 so you said the average is probably going to be over that and it's actually not the average is under 1500 yards the average when you take the highs and the lows is actually 1480 and what I said was I, know, I think Joe that's really close to it's not that's a whole other two games potentially what? You That's owe 20 yards. Well, here's the thing. I'm sorry. I'm holding the 20 yards on So that's the average, right? So where are the guys in the terms of trend? We had up and down, up and down, up and down, right? What I'm saying is I think you can lead the league with less than 1,500 yards. You said, no, that can't be done nowadays. And I just showed you three of the last five. You did. just did a really bad job. You I did not do a bad job. One, no, two, three of the last five is, is approximately guys. what it's going to take to lead the Excuse league me. in rushing. I'm curious. Is three more than two? Three of the last five 
led the, with it's, under- what is the average the average, the average tells you that it's going right to take 1500 yards right but i'm saying you can lead the league with under and the average is underneath but not by but by about 20 yards that's by not a lot yards. that's one carry it's not one carry it's two well, three four by four carries five maybe the question was how you must have 1500 yards about to yeah and rush. pretty much and i'm saying you can lead the league in rushing with less than 1500 you said show me not by and much. i showed you three of the last five years so you're saying that when a guy has 1300 yards and leads the league with rushing that's not a difference it, it, it's certainly possible for that to happen, but the most okay. likely scenario is an NFL running back in, in over the last five years, it is going to take approximately 1,500 yards to do it, not 1,300. What you, right. 1500. Now, what do, the guys, what do the guys have in common that hit the above threshold? Number one, they were both named Ezekiel Elliott, and the other guy was Adrian Peterson, another bell cow running back that doesn't really exist so, in this so era of the NFL. So why couldn't Zeke do it again this year? Because I just don't think the Cowboys need him to do it anymore. I think that's the difference. Maybe, Dak is maybe not. See how many yards Dak threw for I don't, last I don't year? have the answer. To me, Raheem Moster could rush for 1,700 yards. <laughs> well, that's, that's the point. That's, that's the point. The it, point is, is that nobody knows, and uh, the data tells I'll you. I'll take that bet. You want to make a bet? I'll bet you. Is the number. I'll bet it's you the, that Raheem Moster does not lead the league in rushing this year. I'll bet you that. Too many, yeah. too many different what a, guys. What a they, great bet on your part. Yeah, well, well, you're the one throwing out anything can it happen. It could happen. Anybody could do it. it yeah, but happen. it's lame to say it's anything NFL. can happen it's... and not back it up. That's as lame as me not holding true to what I'm saying, and I'm holding true to it, which is yeah, he can lead the league in rushing. And now okay, so you'll give me so you'll give me Raheem Mostert to lead the league in rushing. Okay, so then I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, we'll what well, you'll give me the odds, right? Whatever, like fifty to one. I'll bet like a hundred bucks, and then if I win, then you're gonna pay me. Uh, Oh, five, so now you want to work in your favor. So you're really not that confident. My favor? That's the odd. One shot? That's the, I want the bet. I want the actual bet. Well, if you're so whatever confident, the, whatever if you're so confident in it, then, are, I'll so I assume it. you're going to make that wager at Caesars or wherever you're going to make that I'll wager. I'll make it with you. Well, no, I want you to make it with somebody for real who could pay you off that big time wager. You feel so good well, that anything can happen. I'm offering you the money. I'm offering it to you. You're offering me the hundred dollars, or I got to pay you fifty to one on it. Sure, I don't know I'll what the odds are. Sure. I don't know. Sure, I'll whatever get, the I like odds are on Raheem Mostert, I I will put my money where my mouth is. Great to lead and the league. I will rush offer you a hundred dollars. Awesome. Is that fair? Absolutely. I'm going to buy. I'm just going to buy hats with it. Just hats, and I'm going to become a TFS guy <laughs> with but, all my hats. <laughs> and if Raheem Mostert wins, uh, if wins there the are title. wins the rushing title, there you go. If he and wins, you feel if he wins the I Russian money, title, then you got to sure. pay me out. Yeah, I'll pay you out. I feel very comfortable with that. Yep. You heard so, it here first, ladies and gentlemen. The first football wager, and it's not even June. Craig said he wouldn't do it, it, and he did. He did. Raheem well, Mostert. Well, we gotta, realize we how many running backs. Odds odds. How about if it's like 70 to 1? What are you going to do? <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. It's a free $100. You're, he's not leading the league in rushing, and I like Mostert. I think Mostert's got... Uh, a lot of good return on investment fantasy value. Leading the league in rushing. To lead the league in rushing, you have to be, number one, the only guy in that backfield, which Henry is. And you also have to play on a team where you are the focal point of the offense. And you know what? Ezekiel Elliott is the focal point of the offense, except for the fact that Dak Prescott is getting closer and closer to throw for 5,000 yards in the season. He is developed as a quarterback, and he has really come forward as a quarterback. And that means that is he going to hand the ball off consistently? I don't know. Probably not. And also on top of that, I don't know how good the Cowboys are as a whole that they're going to pull away on games and just turn around and hand it to him. Plus, who knows? We saw some Tony Pollard last year all of a sudden, too, once in a while. And that did not sit well with Elliott. All, all those things are feasible. The only other guy again, you gave me was Dalvin any, Cook, who's hurt happen. every single year. Dalvin Cook and, is another guy. If you're going to put your and, money and on and Dalvin I'll tell you Cook, some, And I'll tell you something else that, that you should do. You should do personally to back up your yourself and your own money, which which I wouldn't bet this bet against you because I have no idea if it'll happen or not. It's a guess. But what you should do is and, and maybe this is out already. I don't think it is. But in August, let's just say hypothetically, when FanDuel releases the number, they're going to have a number as the uh, total who leads not who leads the league in rushing, but the total amount of yards, the prop to lead the league in rushing in the NFL and. If that number, Joe, is 1,300 yards, like let's say 1,310, 1,320, 
then I would come back to you at that time and say, man, like you were right, you know, because uh, if, if that's the way that Vegas sees it. But I would think that they're no, probably going to take. I think Vegas take... is going to give you a fourteen hundred number. I think <laughs> that's the reason why they have is, that number. I think fifteen is tough in this day and age in the NFL. The league has evolved even more in the last three years than it has in the last ten. Have you not seen what's going on here, Craig? I mean, I know I you are because exactly you're a, what's going you're on, a great but every year there's surprises. You there are, but every out. year there's less and less bell cows. There's two guys who can give a run to Derrick Henry. Ezekiel Elliott's one, Saquon Barkley's the other. I don't think there is another one. You think it's Dalvin Cook? I beg to differ. It ain't Raheem Mostert. Go find me the other one. It's going to get 1,500 yards. It ain't Nick Chubb. I know he got close. To, okay. I know he got it last year. It ain't going to happen. Well, what, how many yards did you think Nick Chubb was going to rush for last year? Last year? Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be around 1,100. Okay. And he got more. Would you say you were completely wrong about that? Completely? Yeah. I mean, Pretty he much. got well more. Pretty yeah. much. Right? Is it possible yeah. that you'll be completely wrong on some player this year, Joe? It could yeah, but that's, but that's so weird to cherry pick one thing I was wrong about. Well, How come I'm you don't give me credit about when I said Chubb. I have no idea. I was a guest. So when I, I said that Derrick Henry was going to lead the league in rushing last year and I was right, where's the credit go for that? Because I said it on this show, on my podcast, on a lot of places in the black that, book. So it's only when I'm wrong that we can it has, throw it in my it has face. It nothing to do with that. It's the ability to recognize that everything is not black and white. There could be a Nick Chubb in the NFL that's, that there we could. don't know who he is. There could, however. Could come out of nowhere to lead the league in rushing. And yeah, rush but you know what? Yards. Did Nick Chubb lead the league in rushing last year? But no. he almost got 1,500 rushing yards. Almost isn't good enough. Almost isn't the title. Very close. Have, have you ever finished second? Is it different than finishing first? I'm curious. Is it different money that you get for finishing first and second? Do you like being the, the most popular show on Sports Grid or the second most popular show on Sports Grid? I thought number one mattered to you, Craig, doesn't it? It was six yards short. You really, that is the flag you're planting on Nick Chubb that he was missed it by six yards. That's your take? My God. Right is right. It shows you, Joe. So what? So you have to win a championship by, oh, I don't know, a million points? One point doesn't make you a champion by winning? You you held your hat for, for 30 minutes on this show that 1,500 yards is unattainable. Not unattainable. Think, yeah. Unlikely. There's a big difference. I never said unattainable. That's idiotic. He attained it last year. That's the dumbest thing in the world. I never said that at all. I said unlikely. Josh Jacobs could rush for 1,900 yards. No, there. it's possible. No, you don't know. Nobody no, knows. No, he can't. Not with that <laughs> offensive line. No way. All right. Sorry. On that note, we got to wrap things up here on the show. It's an argument that we will. That there was no winner. That is for sure. On There's show. no winners here. <laughs> the only winner is you guys who get to shut us off. That'll do it for the show. Thank you again to uh, Brett for producing the show. Thank you to Ryan and Danny as well. For Joe, I'm Craig. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great night, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.